Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we're going to check in with Josh Brown. Josh has gone from fan of Barstool in 2014 to booster for Jabroni in 2015 to now in 2016 actually working with TBT. Josh is a great kid, and I think you'll really enjoy what it is that he has to say. Remember that you can subscribe to TBT's podcast on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. It'll help spread the word. Thanks. Hey, Josh. Hey, Dan. How are you? Good. How's it going? It's going great. You've been busy, I take it. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on. Uh, you know, April, spring's kind of uh, coming in, so a lot going on, but uh, doing well. Now, it's Marathon Monday this week. Yeah, always an exciting time here. Uh, you know, Red Sox, Marathon, all that, so uh, signal of, of the warm weather coming in, too, so it's always a fun time. It's been brutal up there this winter. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly better than we had last year with all that snow uh, when we had the, the record amount. But uh, it, it's, you know, good to see that go by the wayside. And it's already started to get a little bit warmer here. So uh, that's been nice. You did have a great winter, though, calling the games for Northeastern. And I kind of want to give people some background uh, on, you know, you and who you are. But you're a student now at the Northeastern, right? Yeah, so Northeastern's a five-year school. You know, not many people are used to that. So I'm in my third year. So uh, I would be a junior at any other regular. And you're working with TBT as part of a co-op program at Northeastern. Yeah. So the interesting thing about uh, Northeastern is three, you know, two or three times during the four or five years you come to school, you go out in, you know, the real world and you you work with a company. So uh, I'm a journalism major and I have a political science minor uh, and a criminal justice minor. So you you go out and you find a job. So last spring from January to June, I worked at the Boston Globe. I did weekly articles for them. Uh, I was in the office every day. And then this uh, uh, you know, same time frame from January to June, June, uh, I'm doing work with you guys at TBT, and you know it's been great. I wanted to get something uh, in the city where it would be a kind of a different kind of experience. And you know, TBT, I, I talked to you know a couple of the people in the office, and you know, it's certainly a different job, but it's been a lot of fun. And uh, you know, doing a lot of different things for TBT, seeing the the uh, the behind the scenes kind of stuff and everything like that's been really great. Why do you think it is that all, every school doesn't have something like a co-op program? It just seems like such a no-brainer to give kids actual experience in areas that they're interested in potentially working in. You know what? I, I was actually thinking about that because uh, when I was at the Globe, uh, we would have a couple of different schools would once in a while send a kid. But I was thinking about why why wouldn't you you know give kids and even incorporate it into the kind of curriculum? You know, instead of uh, a couple of four classes that you're never going to use. You know, let them take a semester and go work out in the field. I mean, I think the experience you get from that is, you know, a hundred times better than what you can get in a classroom. So uh, I'm certainly lucky we have it here, but you're definitely right. I, you know, kind of thought about that before why, uh, you know, other schools wouldn't kind of follow along. So, Josh, the first time that we met was actually outside of uh, BU's Case Arena uh, for the 2014 championship game. You and one of your best friends, Mikey Cardoso, uh, <laughs> showed up. You were the first fans to show up for the TPT championship game in 2014 when Barstool was playing Notre Dame. And I think you were there like three hours or four hours before tip-off. How did you get to that point in 2014 that you were so excited to to come to that championship game? What was the story there? Yeah, so uh, that was I, I. It was a Saturday afternoon, and we, me and Mikey, had you know we read Barstool. We're not, um, you know, we, you know, every 
read all the the stories. So uh, we were following along the TBT, and you know, while they were there, they were tweeting it out, um, talking about it. So we kind of really uh, gave a, a look at it, and we were on you know the tournament.com researching all the teams, and uh, you know, we we thought. You know, it's a Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, we're both big basketball fans. You know, we knew who guys like Dante Jones and Matt Walsh were. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of guys on their team pretty well known. And then, uh, you know, you get a team like Notre Dame. So anyway, we, we'd been following along the tournament kind of through them. We I didn't um, really follow it by any other means except, you know, through uh, their Twitter accounts, the Barstool guys. And then, uh, you know, we saw a championship game coming to Boston because, uh, you know, that year, if, you know, people don't remember, you had the uh, uh, two weeks, I believe, in between the regional uh, round in Philadelphia and the championship uh, in Boston. So uh, you guys were really pushing it. And, you know, we, I, you know, texted Mikey one day and I was like, Hey, do you want to go to this? I mean, it's a good basketball game. You know, maybe we'll, we'll get a picture with big cat or something and uh, <laughs> you know, it'll be fun. And so anyway, uh, you know, we, I was talking to him and we were like, you know what, that afternoon, uh, neither, neither of us have a lot going on. So, you know, let's go spend the day in the city. And then, you know, at night we'll uh, go head over to BU for the game. So we were uh, walking around the, BU area we went out to eat and then you know we figured let's be the first ones in let's try to get a front row seat I think we uh tweeted you that afternoon Dan and we're like is there any way we can make sure we're we're you know front row yeah. and you said show up early so that's what we did and uh we, we were able to meet you outside you gave us the t-shirt the team barstool t-shirt and it was great it was honestly uh you know I I think I told you this uh earlier but from that point on that like the day we got out of the championship game me i you know i, I was st- trying to form a team i was you know tweeting people like hey there's this tournament next year do you want to play in it but uh, i kind of got hooked on tbt from that moment forward so that was a lot of fun so actually it was the championship game that kind of did it for you it was once you got there and you saw kind of what was going on and there was the i remember i remember for some reason like an image that i have in my mind of you looking at that big big cat um, poster that we had up there that was like probably 10 feet by 10 feet that's actually hanging in the TBT world headquarters now. Uh, like you saw all that stuff and that was kind of what got you got you hooked. Yeah, so it, it was kind of, you know, I was expecting it to be a good game of basketball. What I didn't expect was uh, it just, you know, the, the feeling around it. It had the feel of an NCAA tournament game, you know, um, the, being so close to the action on the court, um, you know, just the, the uh, you know, the ESPN cameras there, the, the, like you said, the, uh, the signage all around the arena, you know, you guys were giving out t-shirts and just everything about the event, uh, kind of had a big game feel to it. And, you know, what, what's better than that? I mean, you know, Barstool, you know, you have those, you know, funny personalities, uh, on the bench doing their kind of gimmicks while watching a good game of basketball. I mean, just, you know, for the summer where there's not a lot going on an event like that uh, was absolutely huge. So I definitely say like showing up to the championship game and actually uh, being a part of that atmosphere is kind of what hooked me in. But I already kind of had a feeling uh, coming in it was going to be something pretty special. And you're a huge sports fan in general, though. It's amazing to me that it seems like you watch every Red Sox game because whenever they win, you're always tweeting out high five time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. Like you, you just have this uh, capacity, I guess, to watch almost everything, right? 
Yeah, I do. I, I, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm kind of lucky to live in Boston where we have uh, four really good teams. But in general, uh, I'm a big fan, uh, really, of everything. And, uh, you know, that's what I do with myself. I sit and I watch sports. So for, for better or worse, that's uh, my hobby there. But I'm definitely lucky living in Boston uh, to be able to, you know, be able to watch four good teams. And uh, definitely diehard Red Sox, diehard Celtics fan. Um, I watch every Patriots game, the Bruins. Uh, I kind of, I'm sure we're going to, I'm sure going to get into uh, my hockey background a little bit, but I'm not as big as them, but I watch a lot of hockey during the year as well. What's amazing, I think I talk about this with friends all the time, is that for decades and decades outside of the Celtics, the Boston sports scene was just barren. You know, it was nothing but heartbreak and distress and the Cel- the um, Red Sox losing in the World Series and all that stuff. And over the last like 15 years, kids of your generation have known nothing but utter and unprecedented success in all four sports. You've seen championships for all four of those teams. Do you ever think about that and wonder what it's going to be like in 10 years when Belichick is gone or when, you know, some of these really great uh, teams ultimately end up, you know, coming to the end of their run? All the time, Dan, all the time. You know, I, I hear stories from my dad and my uncle, my mom. Uh, she's from the area all the time about what it was like to be a fan in Boston before then. And, uh, you know, you're always kind of waiting uh, for that that pin to drop. I think the city in general is it gets very uh, kind of over anxious about it everything so you know the sky is always kind of falling here in boston but uh <laughs> uh you know when you look at a team like the celtics i mean we got rid of uh paul pierce and kevin garnett and you thought uh okay this is going to be a long rebuild you know a couple of years later you know the celtics are already right back in it so uh trying to kind of prolong the success as long as we can get it. but uh there's going to be a day where uh you know you're going to have a couple of years where all four teams are kind of on a downswing so that'll be a sad day but uh you know certainly living it up until then and it's been a great run and uh, i don't think a lot of kids are you know really think and are as uh kind of grateful to you know to be able to be a part of you know boston uh sports during this time but when you think that when you you know sit back and think about it it's absolutely insane and uh kind of the best time really ever to be living in the city if you're a sports fan have you been to any of the parades the championship parades and stuff after oh yeah yeah so i've been to i went to the Bruins one, um, the Celtics one, I was in school, and then I was at two of the Red Sox parades, and, and uh, usually the Patriots ones are, are during the week during uh, school as well, so I've been to a couple of them, they're great, I mean, the Bruins one, uh, the Red Sox ones are crazy, but the Bruins one was like anything I've ever seen before, because, you know, they had been waiting uh 25 years uh the bruins fans are kind of a more rowdy fan base as it goes so that one was a crazy parade but uh, yeah they're definitely a lot of fun which of the so you mentioned the bruins and you mentioned hockey a second ago but this past season i think even more than this past season but you're you're actually involved in the play-by-play calling for the northeastern hockey team right yeah so that's i'm not a huge actually bruins guy but i i'm a big big college hockey guy and uh so a little backstory my dad went to Northeastern and he uh he's teaches here now in the pharmacy department. So I grew up coming to Northeastern games and uh you know that's what I would do every uh, not every weekend but uh you know a, a big part of my winter growing up was you know coming to Northeastern hockey games on the weekend. So then uh you know when I got accepted into Northeastern and came in my freshman year, uh I knew 
in one way or the other, I had to cover this team, being a journalism major, uh, them being you know a team I grew up with. So I got involved in the student radio station, uh, and I got kind of lucky. There was uh, a lot of graduating kids the year before. So my freshman year, uh, I did the sideline reporting for the radio. And then uh, last year and this year, I've been either play-by-play or color guy, depending on the game. So uh, yeah, I, I do every home game, and we travel to every uh, road game to broadcast all their games. I mean, this year we went to Ireland. They were playing in the Friendship Four tournament over in Belfast. So we went to Ireland. Uh, we were in Cincinnati for the NCAA tournament. I went to Notre Dame twice, uh, Minnesota. We go uh, kind of all over the country to cover the team. And it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's really kind of been the highlight of my college experience so far. So do you, uh, it, it's do you been actually great. travel with the team when you do that? No. So what we do is we have our own kind of budget and we book the travel on our own. Uh, we handle, you know, airfare, hotel all on our own. And I actually kind of like it that much because uh, it's a good learning experience. I mean, we have to balance our budget between uh, hockey and basketball. We have a basketball crew as well. Uh, we have to, you know, book the travel. We have to kind of be independent and get ourselves to these locations, uh, you know, get get to the arenas in plenty of time for the game. So we don't go with the team, but I kind of like it that way because, one, we have more freedom with our travel schedule we you know if it's when we went to ireland we could go a week early and kind of explore a little bit uh so we we get a lot of freedom and it's a a kind of a good responsibility to handle that on our own what was the what was the hockey like in ireland do they play in an arena or do they have a, a rink or something yeah, so the they play up in northern ireland in belfast and they have a professional team actually it's part of one of the it's a league in the united kingdom uh so it's the belfast giants and the arena was really comparable to an ahl arena so uh you know the Providence bruins uh you know an ahl uh affiliate that's kind of what the arena was like and uh you know they actually gave out free tickets to pretty much the whole city so it was you know sold out arenas for every game and uh it was a great experience getting to go to ireland for free and uh you know see the team out there and it was really great and you had a great experience just with the team this year in particular because it had a great run all throughout the tournament, right? Yeah, so the team, they actually began the year 1-11-2 and two, uh, in their first, uh, what's that, 14 games. And then from the second half of the year on, they went on uh, you know, what people are calling the greatest run in, in college hockey history where they were winning every single game. They ended the year winning 22 of their last 24 games. And uh, we won the Hockey's Championship, the league championship at the TD Garden uh, for the first time since 19, it was either 86 or 88. And they went to the tournament for the first time since 1988. Uh, so to be a part of uh, you know history for the program like that, especially for me who you know has been following the program, coming to all the games uh, you know since I was in middle school, uh, to actually be you know a small part of that was, it was really great. I'm still kind of in shock that I got to see all that and uh, I you know the next two years I don't know how it could top this year but uh, this year was certainly a lot of fun you know Northeastern is a part of you know one of four teams that play one of the great tournaments you know regardless of sports in I think American sports which is the Beanpot and for those that aren't familiar it's BC Harvard Northeastern and BU those four schools the I think it's the first and second Monday of February yeah All right. So for those that don't know, talk about the bean pot and what makes that tournament in particular so special. The the bean pots, unlike anything, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, Dan, and until you're a part of the bean pot, you can't really grasp how special it is. And uh, a lot of people, when they, you know, come in, you know, 
to school from other states, they don't really get it. Even, yo, I talked to a lot of the players, until they come here, they don't really get what the Beanpot's are, uh, about uh, either. And, you know, it, on the surface, it seems like, oh, it's just a four-team tournament. Uh, you know, who cares? It, it, the games don't count in terms of league games. They count towards uh, your standings, but not in terms of the league. But uh, it, it's just... It's a time when the whole kind of city comes together. It's, you know, for bragging rights. Uh, it's four rivals, Harvard not so much, but uh, BC, BU, and Northeastern are all big rivals. And, uh, you know, the players really leave 110% on the line at the bean pot. I mean, it, it, you know, you're playing in that game the Stanley Cup and the fan sections you have uh the balcony of the TD Garden is spread out with you know each kind of fan base has their own section they're chanting back and forth it's really Dan a lot like that TVT championship game with the team Barstool fans uh and the Notre Dame fans kind of going back and forth it's kind of like that um kind of atmosphere and it, it's great it's you know northeastern hasn't won in a long long time it's been over 20 years so that's kind of the next thing hopefully in the next two years i i'd love to call a bean pot championship win but uh the tournament is like you said unlike anything in sports it's people giving 100 percent. the fan bases are totally into it uh and you know if you're if you're a hockey fan at all it would really be something worth traveling out to boston one year to go to you know kind of a bucket list thing if you've never been to it and it's a it's a great tournament well even for I think for those that aren't really into hockey, it just is an experience to see you've got four teams they play back to back, you know, and then, they, and then you've got, like you said, in the upper deck, you've got the, the basic sections for each of the schools. It just is an awesome fan experience, and it's a unique thing in Boston sports, I think, in particular. Because Boston's yeah. not really a huge college sports town. No, we're not at all. I mean, college basketball and football, really, uh, We ha it's Boston College, and they went winless in conference play in both of them last year. So that's kind of the state of Boston, you know, college basketball and football, uh, because, you know, none of, you know, Harvard a little bit, but they're not that big of a program. So it's really college hockey's thing, which is funny is college hockey is still gaining traction around the country it's big in the northeast and the midwest but not really anywhere else yet so that's our sport in boston it's college hockey um so to you know be a part of the biggest tournament uh really you know it's really the biggest regular season tournament in all of college uh sports and it's happening right here so yeah like you said even if you're not a college hockey fan if you're a fan of uh you know rivalry games teams going at it uh you know electric crowd bases and the bean pots for you uh certainly let's take it back to what you're doing with tbt for a second so you've been writing in the last couple of weeks you've been doing a lot of stuff for tbt honest with you a ton of content <laughs> and research and organization of stuff behind the scenes that a lot of folks don't even aren't even going to be able to see but one of the things you've been doing that I've been enjoying are the TPT power rankings. And it's fascinating to see your perspective on this. And I wanted to talk with you a little bit about how you're doing it uh, in particular. You've got a real voice on this. And it seems like you're, <laughs> you're kind of passionate about not only the event because you're you know, involved with us this year, but just in general, this seems like fun stuff for you to look, research these teams and look at who's playing and speculate. Yeah, that's the funnest part for me. And I think that goes back to uh, really the, the first year of TBT when I would look more in depth after that championship game at who was on these teams. And you know, one of the biggest things for me uh, about TBT is just kind of learning who are these guys on the team who I may have you know, never heard of before, but then they, they come out and they put up you know 25 points a game against high-level competition. So um, 
to me, honestly, the, the funnest part of uh, it's been what four months now I've been with TB three or four months. I've been with TBT. Um, the, the, you know, what, once these teams have gotten on, the, on the site and I've been able to look at, uh, you know, Hey, who, who's on this team with, uh, you know, a creative name, but you know, guys who you'd ordinarily see, you know, what have they done in their career? What are they doing now overseas? You know, how did these teams come together? So to me, kind of the backstories with some of these players and the teams is really uh, the most enjoyable part uh, about TBT. You know, the the product on the court is obviously uh, unparalleled to anything you could see in the summer, but, um, you know, researching the teams, finding out more about these guys, what they do in college, where they play uh, before college, what are they doing overseas? It's really uh, kind of a thrill uh, to be able to go through all that and really uh you know that's what i'm doing these six months you know working for tbt to be able to do that uh it's really been great it's been a lot of fun learning about uh all the different you know how it came together and um you know it'll be you know cool to see them kind of form and come together this summer and play together so this week you had Bayheim's army uh, in the first spot and then followed up by supernova which is the villanova alumni team and then you had skinner's freight train number three bluff city blues number four cat pack number five so the top five teams you had in the power rankings were all college alumni teams. And it was interesting because I think at one point you put a line in there about uh, something like, you know, we're not just looking at college alumni teams here. But it does seem like there's a lot of interest among these college alumni teams in 2016 in particular. Those five have, re- have really stood out to you, it seems like. Uh, yeah, sorry, did it cut out for a minute there. Uh, but I was saying the, the college alumni teams this year really seem like they're standing out to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, looking at the power rankings this week, what I did, uh, I looked at the kind of over the last week and a lot of the college teams have gained traction, but in general, uh, yeah, the, the college alumni teams are certainly uh, a big part of TBT, no doubt this year. Um, and I think a lot of them are really high quality teams. I mean, you look at the Gonzaga team, the cat, um, some of the names on that team are, are legends in college basketball. You have Bayheim's army returning, Notre Dame's returning, uh, the super, Supernova team, I think, uh, you know, is a dark, not a dark horse because I think a lot of people will be picking them, but I, they have a, a really good shot at winning the championship. You have purple and black. So, uh, you know, you just have the chemistry with those teams that you don't have with a lot of other teams, um, you know, playing together for at least a year, sometimes more than a year, uh, you know, two years, three years. So uh, the college alumni teams are, are certainly a big part of what we do here at TBT. Uh, they bring a lot to the table and, uh I th- always think some of the most interesting matchups actually are not the college alumni teams against each other, but it's the college alumni teams versus a team like the Ants alumni or LA Unified, where you get um, the the college you know kind of structure versus either a, a more of a street ball oriented game or a team like Ants alumni playing in a pro system. I always think that's a, a fascinating matchup when you get the college teams against a high level uh, not you know, non-college alumni team, but team with experience together. So uh, those are my personal favorites in TT, but uh, there's more than enough college teams. I mean, you look at the BC team. That's a really good team right there. You know, BC historically isn't a powerhouse in college basketball, but they have a lot of big names on that team. You you look at uh, the Army team, you know, the chemistry you have there, uh, a bunch of, you know, guys who played at West Point coming together. So uh, there's if you're a fan of college basketball, TBT is going to be really big for you this year. So a lot of good college alumni teams who uh, I really think there's so far even just registered, you know, 50 or more teams who could win the championship. You know, the point you just made about 
there were being different styles and backgrounds, it made me think a little bit about UFC and how sometimes you'll have a guy that's a that's a from a wrestling background uh, versus a guy that's a striker with a boxing background, or somebody that has um, you know more jujitsu background versus somebody that has something else uh, from their own history that they bring into the ring, and that's kind of what you see in a lot of these matchups. You know, you'll you'll see a team that should have all the chemistry in the world having played together under the same system, uh, you know, from a college perspective against a team that has really just been put together for this event. And, you know, that's what we actually ended up seeing was two teams that had not played together significantly in the championship game last year, which you were at uh, at Fordham in New York City with Team 23 and Overseas Elite. Yeah, and you know, again, that's the really interesting part because I think the college alumni teams, the one thing that gets them sometimes is I think for a tournament like TBT, at times they can get a little bit overcoached. I think uh, with TBT, you really need uh, an ability because it, you know a lot of teams like to play with a, more of a street ball kind of mentality. And I think that when you start overcoaching them and really trying to stick to the college systems, I think at times... That can come back to bite you. You have to be able to adjust and play more of a free-flowing kind of game and, and be able to um, adjust to your opponent. And I think that's why we saw the two teams we did the championship because uh, I think a couple of the college alumni teams, uh, just a little bit, you know, they're great teams. They have great talent, but they try too much to stick to exactly, uh, you know, what they were doing in college because they know those systems and those sets so well. Uh, and, you know, that's what they're going to run where some of these um teams that are just put together for the tournament, they have uh, kind of a little bit of an unpredictable, they're a little bit unpredictable uh, with what they're going to throw at you. And I think that gets some of the college alumni teams off their game a little bit. So uh, I think this year it's going to be really big to, uh, you know, certainly run with the sets, run with what you know, but also you have to be able to come out of that and adjust to your opponent. And I think that's, you know, also one of the big interesting things for me uh, about TBT this year. you know, the dynamic of it when you get that kind of matchup where the college alumni teams uh, are thrown a little bit out of their comfort zone or what they're used to uh, from when they played in college together. You had an experience last year, too, that I wanted to talk about where you were involved with the Jabroni Project. You actually tried to start a different team, right? And then you ended up joining up with the Jabroni Project later on and uh, making your way down to Atlanta for at the last year at the regional in the South. But I wanted to talk about what that experience was like, trying to build a team on your own, getting the votes that you needed in order to qualify. Um, because I think you've, you've now actually been in all three roles involved in TPT. You've been a fan. You've actually been a participant. And now you're behind the scenes with us. But what was that second one like when you're actually trying to get in? Yeah, that was a great experience. That uh, goes all the way back to the day of the championship in 2014. That day, uh, we started, me and Mikey wanted, Cardozo, the kid I went with, we wanted to start a team together. So uh, we were reaching out to people and we had a lot of commitment or not commitments, but we had, you know, a lot of people who said they were interested, who it didn't end up panning out, you know, a different, you know, college alumni team started and they wanted to play with their college buddies, which, you know, totally understandable. So uh, that just wasn't working out. We also tried to partner with a, a, you know, a big name in the, in the blogging world to get uh, a, you know, kind of get a little bit of help in the fan voting process from them. So uh, all in all, it was a good experience trying to make your own team. It didn't work out. Uh, so then I, I DM'd uh, Eric Fisher of the Jabroni Project, and I was like, you know what? You guys are um, 
kind of starting out. You don't have that many fans or players yet. Uh, I, you know, didn't have that much success. But I think if we have two or three people all trying to recruit, all trying to get fans, you know, we could really kind of start something here. Uh, Eric's very dedicated to it. I was very dedicated to it. So uh, I we I kind of linked on with him. Uh, we started reaching out to people. We started getting fan votes. And, uh, you know, we put together a nice little team. We had Tyshawn Taylor, who, uh, you know, played for the Brooklyn Nets a couple of years. He's overseas in Venezuela now. He played for Kansas in college. We had a couple of guys who played in Israel uh, on the same team. They came back. Will Graves was a guy who played on UNC's championship team. He was unfortunately injured uh, and couldn't play, but he came to watch the game. So uh, we put together a nice little team, and uh, you know we, we didn't win uh, our first round game against Train to Go, who's another very good team. Uh, but it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I actually still talk to a lot of these guys uh, daily. I you know actually have a Snapchat from one of the guys on our team right now that I haven't opened. So uh, we all still talk a lot. And uh, it's really amazing the kind of relationships you can get out of TBT where, uh, you know, I'm talking to, you know, pro basketball players on a daily basis just because, uh, you know, we, we kind of suited up for the same team for one game. And now, uh, you know, we're pretty good friends and we all keep up. So uh, it, it, that's another really big thing about TBT. If you jump into it, the kind of people you meet uh, and make relationships with is really is really kind of unparalleled to anything. Josh, this has been great. We're going to have you back on again uh, soon, and we'll talk more about specifics and teams that you think are, are going to make a run at TBT or make some noise, as um, PFT and Big Big Cat would say. Um, but it sounds like uh, you're passionate about it, you're having a good time doing this, and you're enjoying it. Oh, yeah, n- nothing better. And uh, again, I'm glad to be uh, kind of behind the scenes in that role this year. That's been a lot of fun, and I uh, can't wait to see what the actual event is like this year because it's going to be uh, pretty crazy. That's awesome. All right, Josh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Dan.